Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title today is Pearls and Pigs. Pearls and Pigs, Matthew 7, 6. We're going to have fun with this one. Now, I'm going to warn you right now, I'm going to offend some of you this morning. I always worry about offending people. I try hard not to offend, but today it simply can't be helped because Jesus says something mean about <coughs> dogs, about dogs, all right? And I know a lot of us are very attached to dogs. Let me begin by saying I personally like dogs, all right? I'm a dog person. I've probably owned more dogs than anybody here. I grew up on a farm. We usually averaged five to ten dogs at a time, and it's a dangerous life, so we went through a lot of, you know, dogs. And, and uh, so I, I've owned and probably spent more time than anybody here with dogs. Anytime we weren't out, anytime from the time we got up, if we were home, there was a dog at our side. You know, there's just dogs everywhere and love the dog. So just letting you know, I, I'm, I'm a dog person. So this verse hurts me as much as it's going to hurt you, all right? But I, I wrote that email, do dogs go to heaven? I'm not going to answer that question, but I'm going to encourage you from what we studied today and what you study, go look up all the verses on dogs in the Bible, and you have to come to your own uh, conclusion. But I will say this, if there's no dogs or cats or bunnies, sorry, Becca, uh, you know, if there's none of these things, uh, then you're, we're not going to care. Once we get to heaven, we're not going to care who is there and what is there. For the first gazillion years, we're going to be totally focused on God. You know, we're just going to be like blown away by by being with Him. So don't 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 stress out about the pet thing. But you'll have to make up your own conclusions. I'm not going to answer this because I'm going to offend you enough already. But anyway, the uh, I'm kidding. Okay, but context context. We just finished a passage, Matthew seven one to five. We just finished up a passage on how to help somebody who's struggling how to help somebody who's struggling uh, spiritually or in some way. And we talked about how important mercy was and how important grace is. If you missed that, get the CD in the, the couple of weeks we spent on that. But now Jesus qualifies who, who we should really try to help or really who we shouldn't try to help or the right time to help that person. And, and he qualifies that with this verse here. Let me start with prayer. Father, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you for bringing us all together. We thank you for helping us start off a new year together, worshiping and, and focusing on you and, and seeking your mercy and grace. And we pray for that mercy and grace now that your word would speak to us. Whatever we're going through, we know your Holy Spirit applies it in so many different ways. No matter what the verse is, you apply it 100,000 different ways to our lives. We pray that you would do that now. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the verse. Do not give what is sacred. I'm sorry. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. So he says, don't give dogs what is sacred. Don't give pearls to pigs. Why? Because they'll trample them under their feet, turn and tear us to pieces. The point is they're not going to appreciate what we give them, and they will end up turning on us if we do that. Now, under the law... Dogs and pigs were unclean. The Jewish Mosaic law, if you look throughout Leviticus, Deuteronomy, dogs and pigs, there were many animals that were unclean, but dogs and pigs were both unclean. They were, they were unholy animals. You couldn't eat them. That's a big relief, right? And you couldn't sacrifice them. Because in the pagan cultures of this time did both. They would sacrifice 
both pigs and, and dogs, and they would also eat both. We just eat, in our culture, mostly pig, not dogs. But a lot of, a lot of the world does, does eat dogs, you know. And this, the culture at this time, that was very common, but God and the law said they weren't allowed to eat them, and they weren't allowed to sacrifice them. They weren't allowed into the temple. Now, dogs of this time were not the domesticated creatures that we have today. They, we have thousands more years of breeding them and getting just the right combinations of genes and, and just the right friendliness. They were, they were not the domestic creatures that we have today. But you can even today, you can humanize a dog all you want, and we like to do that, but they're still a dog. Uh, just let them off the leash for a little while. And, and, or turn them loose on a farm for a day. I grew up on a farm, and I... I Love my dogs, but I, I saw that what dogs really can be on a regular basis. Let them loose for a day. You would all be shocked if you saw what your little Fifi did. You know, you, see, you know what, what they turned into when they got out into the wild. You know, uh, it, it's just amazing. Even now, if you let them out in the yard, we let our little Libby out sometimes. And it's, she goes out into the yard there and comes back and smelling really bad. Why? She rolled in something that was dead. And truth is, she probably ate it too, you know. And and uh, you know th- that's why they th- th- probably ate it too. People say, "Oh, you can kiss dogs," you know. They have cleaner mouths than people. And I'm like, I don't let dogs kiss me. I grew up with dogs, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. If they eat salad and brush their teeth, they probably would be cleaner, you know. But, but they don't. They they eat everything and everything. That's what dogs do. And and see, that's why they're unclean. This is why dogs are unclean in the Bible. It's because of what they eat. If you look at what the unclean animals are in the Bible, it's usually they eat dead things. The vultures were unclean. The eagles were unclean. Fish that fed off the bottom, unclean. Uh, Dogs and pigs. Because they they eat pigs, dogs, they eat just about anything. Uh, Anything. Uh, I saw it, you know, on on the farm. my love, the dog who I loved, I petted, and a lot of times they slept in the bedroom. They go outside and... Their favorite place was eating out of the gutter, the cow gutter. And what's in the cow gutter is the grossest thing. And I'd be, I'd be like, stop that. Why are you eating that? What are you licking? What are you doing? And they look at you all hurt. But as soon as you turn it back, they go right back to the gutter and eat it. You know? and, and, and I'm like, it used to really hurt my feelings that my wonderful little dog would do that. You know? But pigs, same thing with pigs. Pigs are not the domestic, we're not at this time the domesticated pigs that we have today. Most people think of pigs and they think Charlotte's Web and Wilbur, you know, and, you know, the friendly little pigs and they're cute. And uh, that's the way we think of pigs. But think of pigs at this time, think of Old Yeller. Remember Old Yeller? When they were uh, trying to catch the pigs to mark their ears and the kid fell out of the tree and the pigs attacked, you know, those pigs attacked and tore them up and tore up Old Yeller. If you never watched it, watch the movie. Great movie, Dogs and Pigs. Anyway, the uh, that that's more the picture of the pigs of this time. They were vicious, but even now, even now, the pigs that have been domesticated, they can be very dangerous. I knew some farmers got tore up by by pigs, especially if you got in where their babies were, um, and also even if. When I was a kid, we always had a couple of pigs, and if I went with a bucket of pearls, these pigs were hungry. You get into the, the pen, you're going to feed them, they're hungry. If I poured out a bunch of stuff they couldn't eat, they would have come rushing right over and knocked the bucket out of my hands and tried to get at it. That, that's, what they, that's what the pigs would do, because they would want, you know, they want, they're not going to appreciate the pearl. They want something that they can munch on, okay? So, eat. You have, we have to think in terms of this time they were not domesticated, uh, pigs or dogs the same way. But now obviously Jesus is just using the dogs and the pigs figuratively for certain kinds of people. Who we should and shouldn't 
share spiritual truths with. Now, don't be offended if, if you're, you know, don't be offended if you hear the whole thing. Because, because we were all at one time, every one of us either is or at one time was a spiritual pig, a spiritual dog. We were outside of God's kingdom. We were unholy. We were separated from God. Our sin and, and our sin nature and the things that we do, we've rebelled against God. That puts us outside of God's kingdom. We all start there at one point. So just letting you know that right up front. He's using this figuratively of certain kind of people and who we should share spiritual truth with and who we shouldn't spirit, share spiritual truth with. Hint. Who did Jesus preach to? Who did he share spiritual truth with? Okay, sinners, right? Now, that's true, but the Sunday school answer is sinners. And in Sunday school, we get this impression of little kids uh, that Jesus just went around telling everybody about God and God's kingdom and sharing the gospel. And he just said, just, he went down the street and just told everybody he saw. And he told them, gave them the whole thing, Right? Isn't that kind of what we kind of grew up thinking, believing? Study the Bible a little closer, and we see that Jesus was, uh, uh, that's not exactly true. He did preach the crowds, but those crowds always came to him. They came to him. He did sit down and eat with sinners, but how did he get into that house? They invited him in. Those sinners always, those, those, when I say sinners, he was famous, he, he would eat with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and the lowest of lows in that culture. That's who he would eat with. But they invited him in. He was standing before Pilate, just before he was going to be crucified. John 18, 47. Standing before Pilate. And Pilate, you know, the, the ruler Pilate says, what is truth? And what did Jesus say? He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, right? No, he didn't say that. He said that back in John 14, 6 to just his, his disciples. What did he say to Pilate? Nothing. He didn't answer him. Why? Why? He didn't answer him. Jesus was very discerning. Same with the, the Pharisees. The Pharisees, you, you know, he spent a lot of time with Pharisees. If you, you look at the Bible, he's always in the middle of a crowd of Pharisees, and he's having it out with these Pharisees. And you can study the Bible yourself on this. He never once shared the love of God with the Pharisees. Did you know that? He never once shared the gospel, the story of, Jesus, of his death and resurrection, and how they can put their faith in him to have eternal life. He never once shared it with the Pharisees. Only one Pharisee ever heard that message. Anybody know his name? Nicodemus. How did he hear it? He came to Jesus in the middle of the night and he asked him to tell that story. And Jesus knew, why didn't he tell the Pharisees? Why didn't he tell people? Why was he so discerning? Because he knew that they would turn on him and tear him up, just like they did. And he was on a timetable. He wasn't going to expose himself to the Pharisees until it was time to be crucified. But he knew that they would try to tear him up. They did. Every time he would share too much truth with them, they'd try to stone him, try to kill him. And, and he knew that. It's like, it's like spiritual zombies. Now, I'm going to confess, I, I like zombie movies and shows. and It's, it's my weakness. Anyway, 2013, I'm going to cut down on it. But anyway, the... Uh, the uh, I just, you know, I just, the whole zombie thing, you know, that, the, that these people are taking over. And Jesus knew that they were spiritual zombies. And you watch the zombie movie, and, and somebody gets bit, and they turn into a zombie, and then here's the 
husband or wife talking to their spouse or talking to their kid who's become a zombie, and they try to reason with them. And they get up close, don't you recognize me? I'm your dad. I'm a, get away, get away. And shut up. They bite them and they turn into zombie too. And, but you can't reason with them. It does, once they're a zombie, there's not, you can't. And G, it's the same thing Jesus is saying here. The spiritual zombie, you don't reason with them. You can't because they will turn and tear you to pieces. And there's some important spiritual lessons here. That, that jump out as on it. The first is that sharing spiritual truths and the gospel, the good news of Jesus, must be spirit-led. You catch that? It must be spirit-led. We, it's important to wait for God's permission. Wait for him to open the door to share the spiritual truth or to, to share the gospel. Because if we do it in the flesh... If we do it in the human flesh and in our own time and our own effort, guess what? We're going to do more harm than good. You ever have that happen? You did it in the flesh. You did something spiritually in the flesh, try to help somebody spiritually or share the gospel, and, and you knew it was not God's time. But we were just going to do it ourselves, and, and it does more harm than good. We have to wait until it's God's time. Otherwise, they're going to trample by rejecting it, or they're going to tear, abuse us for what we did. I remember one time I was, and this goes for sharing the gospel, this goes for helping even a Christian going through something that they're not ready for. I remember one time uh, a, a woman in my church, she was elderly, and she came to me, I was in Connecticut, and she said, I want you to come, my son just had a heart attack, he almost died, he just barely survived the heart attack. I, he grew up in church, he heard the gospel many times, and, but he's never accepted it, I want you to come and share the gospel with him at the hospital because he almost died and I just don't want something to happen without him you really sharing it clearly with him so I said okay and, and he said okay, yeah, okay bring him in mom so I came with her, his mom came to the hospital and came in and he was laying there in bed very sick and, but his wife was sitting next to him and he was waiting and so I said uh, listen you know I know you had a real close call we were praying for you we've all been praying for you but your mom said that she really wants me to talk to you about you know you know, how close you were to death and, and how that if something were to happen, you'd be ready to face God. You would know who Jesus is and put your faith and trust in him and be ready to, to see God. And, and he was very open. I could tell he was listening and, and he was quiet and pensive. And, but as I'm starting to talk, all of a sudden his wife, sitting next to the bed, went berserko. I mean, it was like a volcano exploded in the room. How dare you mention death in the presence of my husband, you know? And here's a guy who just flatlined, right? And I'm, you know, it's, you know it's not, we shouldn't talk about death, right? Yeah, flip out, you know, how could you do that? And, you know, you, you are, you know, call me all kinds of nice names. And, uh, and, then, and then she said, and, and if there's really a God who loves us so much, why did he let my husband have a heart attack? And, and she just went off on me like that. And, and I didn't say anything. And, and she goes, you don't have an answer, do you? You don't have anything to say, do you? I said, well, I do. I have a lot to say. I could answer all these questions, but I don't think you're ready for it. And that hit her. Then she caught her breath and said, you're right, and I never will be. And I thought that was time to leave. And so uh, Grandma and I, his mom and I walked out. And she, she was just horrified. She said, I'm so sorry he wanted to talk to you. I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. I said, just keep praying. It's not the right time. Just keep praying. And I don't know the end of the story, but I know she kept praying for him and kept loving him. And the last I heard, she said, she 
last time I had talked to her, I've been out of Connecticut for a while, she called me and said, you never believe it. His wife sent me a card. It was a spiritual card. It had verses on it and stuff. And sent me a card like, you know, like she was like opening up her heart a little bit spiritually. She sent me a religious card. And she was just so touched by that, thinking that maybe God was softening her. I was like, you just got, yeah, there's a time to wait. And if we don't, if we do it the wrong way in the flesh, they're going to turn and tear us to pieces. Now, that could still happen if we do it in God's time. Sometimes we're led to share something by God, and we do it, and we can still get torn to pieces, even if we are sharing in the Spirit. There's a time, because we have to follow God's leading. Stephen, Stephen in the book of Acts, was filled with the Holy Spirit, right? He spoke with the Holy Spirit. The apostle Paul, Saul Saul at that time, was there, and he was killed because he shared in the Spirit. So there's a time when we do follow God's leading, and we can still be torn to pieces. There there is that time for that. So many times I I prayerfully prepare a sermon. I'll prayerfully prepare it and I'll and I'll there'll be some tough things in the passage. I'm like, oh God, I just hope nobody's offended by this, but I'm gonna have to preach this, you know, dogs, you know, I'm gonna have to say this. And but and then someone will come that morning that I know is dealing someone will visit like for the first time ever that I know is in what I'm having to share. And I'm like, why did they have to come today? You know? I do it. I'm like, I'm sitting there with my pen, and you probably see what I'm Should I cross it off? Should I not cross it off? Should I cross it off? Uh, no, God led me to do this. I'm going to do it. You know? And, and sometimes it doesn't go well. But, but, but there, there, is, there, is, there is times when you're led to do something, and, and we still get torn to pieces. Uh, we, we support a mission to the Muslims. I'm not going to say it publicly because this is going to be on podcast, but we share a, a mission to the Muslims. We support missionaries to the Muslims. And they are under daily threat of being killed. Daily. But they still faithfully share in the spirit to these people who are in the Muslim culture. And many of these children, people are becoming Christians. In fact, the camp that we're just supporting, we got up to a hundred and. 15 kids now we're supporting for this camp. Many of them are Muslim kids that come to Christ and are persecuted for their faith. So, so there is a time that we are led to do something that we're still... Persecution is not the, the barometer, but the point is, if we do it outside of the Spirit, we're going to get bad results. We're not going to get God results, all right? So make sure it's Spirit-led. Trust God with the outcome. But the second thing is, we, it's important to wait until somebody is ready to receive God's truth. Wait until they're ready. Because once again, I talked about this earlier. We are all, every one of us start out as a spiritual pig, a spiritual dog. That's what We end up outside of God's kingdom. That's what, and we have to wait until God starts the sheepification process. That's a Greek word. I'm kidding. It's not Greek. Uh, uh, it's a sheepification. I came up with it myself. Uh, it, it's a process, which we'll talk about more next week. But it's when God takes us from being that spiritual animal and he starts to transform us. You know how they're doing all this genetic experimenting now and putting animal, different animal stuff in the... Well, you all read about it. It's all science fiction coming true, right? But this is what happens spiritually. God takes us as a pig or a dog and he, and he, and he starts to transform us into a sheep, a sheep, and they, and he starts that process, and we have to wait until God takes somebody, until they're ready, we have to wait until God has them ready for us to share, we have to wait until they stop oinking, right, Uh, or oinking a little less at least, whether it's a Christian who's going through something hard, and and, and falling away, and, and we can all go back to that, you know, fall under that deception, and start, remember the even as a Christian, we can start to take on our old 
pig-like characteristics, right? Uh, remember the old movies, Jason and Argonauts, or whatever it was, where, I can't remember the name, which one, but remember when those guys would go out and they'd fight all these battles, and, and I remember the one movie, I think it was Jason or Achilles, one of them was on the ship, and they landed on an island, and the, the sorceress turned a bunch of his guys into pigs. They were humans, and they turned them into pigs. They were deceived. They were trapped by the sorceress, turned into pigs. I was so mad that that happened. How could they? And he had to leave these guys. A lot of us, same thing. We are children of God. God has turned us into sheep, and uh, lamb, sheep. And, but we, we can still fall back into the old sin, the old pattern. We can go back into the pig pen, right? Prodigal son, go into the pig pen. That same thing can happen. And it's, it's important that we wait until somebody's ready. We have to wait until God breaks somebody. He's not called the hound of heaven for nothing. After you've ever read that poem, the hound of heaven, God will track people down and he will break them. And when he does, that's the time to reach out to help a Christian brother. That's the time to reach out to share the love of Jesus Christ with someone when they're ready to hear what God wants, wants them to hear. We have to wait till that hound of heaven gets to them and breaks them. I'll give you an example. I learned this on the farm firsthand. Uh, I... You know, I grew up on a farm, and one time I was about, I think I was about 12. I'm just trying to remember how old I was, but I was about 12, 13 probably. And my dad said, Chucky, the pig got out. Go catch the pig. And uh, I'm like, oh, I hate catching pigs. They, they smell bad, even worse than cows. So I go out to catch this pig, but I'm, you know, farm boy. I can catch pigs. I go out to catch it. I could not catch this pig. This pig was, I don't know what he was on, but I could not catch this pig. He was... Everything I tried to do, he, I'd have him cornered, he'd shoot through my legs. I wish I had this on a video. I would have $100,000 from the funniest home video because this was crazy. I chased him all over the farm. He, I'd dive and catch a hold of him and he would slip away. This pig did not want to be caught. He would not be caught. I chased him all over. I finally ended up far, I was up near the house and barns. We ended up way out in the pasture where there's a creek and, and I'm chasing him and he finally, it's the summertime, there wasn't much water in the creek, it was just kind of mucky mud. He jumps in the creek and he got stuck. <laughs> and, and I was mad. By this time I was as mad as you could be. Right? I was mad. And I went right in after him and I jumped on top of him and I grabbed him and I said, I got you pig. You know, and I was, I was, I was furious. All right? and, and I said, now you're, gonna, now you're mine. And, and I was so mad, and it's squealing, squealing, squealing. I grabbed his back legs of this pig. And this is not easy to do. And I, I walked, I started walking him up to the barns with his back leg. And he's like doing this, and he'd fall and he'd scuff his nose and it was all scuffed up. And, you know, and I didn't care. I said, walk, pig, walk. You know, I was mad. I was really mad. And, and, and I was walking him up, walking him up, and he's like trying to keep up grunting. He was pleading with me. I haven't even heard a pig plead, but he was pleading with me. Stop, stop, oink, stop, stop, stop. You know, <laughs> he was doing it all, right? He was, he was a pathetic pig, right? And, 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 I, and I don't care how many times he fell, I just kept walking, walking, and he just kept scuffing his nose and getting back up, and he knew I was mad. We get up to the the, 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 the Right between the house and the barns, there's a lilac bushes there. I'll never forget, it all shady, and it was hot, it was summer, and, and I, I'm hot, and I get to the log bush, I let go of his legs, and this pig just dropped flat on his side. It looked like he wasn't even breathing. I'm like, and I didn't care, because I was so mad, I was ready to kill myself, I don't care. I said, well, it looks like it's bacon tonight, pig, you know? And I was mad. And I just sitting there, <laughs> catching my breath, and all of a sudden, he starts to breathe a little bit. And he starts breathing, and we're both panting, you know. 
and then slowly gets up, and I said, follow me. And he did. He walked right beside me, right to the pig pen, got right in, didn't say another word, and we had no more trouble with that pig. He followed me like a little lost sheep. Little Bo Peep sheep followed me right in, followed just a little calm, because he, he was broken, that pig. He followed me just like a little sheep. And I learned something. He was a humble pig. He listened to me, right? He, he, I learned something from that. And I remember something from that, that when we, say it's a Christian, we all fall into sin, we get hardened, our hearts get hard, we get hard. It, I learned to let people wear themselves out in their sin. And God does the same with me. Let, let, let people wear themselves out in the muck, in the mud, in the pig pen. And when they're broken, that's when you help them. And I also learned the same. When you, we have to wait. If we want to share the love of Christ and share the gospel with somebody, we have to wait until the hound of heaven wears them out. Let God wear them out. He'll do his job. He, he, he knows what to do. He, let him soften their heart and break their heart. And then, when they're ready, that's when we share the good news of Jesus Christ. They're ready for that good news. They're ready to, for the sheepification process. They're ready for it at that point. Think of Saul. Saul was mean. He was killing people. He helped kill stone Stephen. And what happened later on? He becomes the Apostle Paul. And listen to Ananias when he came and shared the gospel. He went from stoning someone to Ananias comes to him. And he listened to him and he he became a Christian on the spot. What was the difference? He had to wait. Ananias had to wait until God knocked Saul off his high horse. He knocked him off the horse and he blinded him. He broke him. And we have to wait until God does that. And it's the same way. Think of all of us can think of that in our life, can't we? What did God use in our life to bring us to Christ? What did he use in our life to soften us and, and help but free us from something in our life that was hurting us or our family? What did he use? He uses something like that to do it. And how is God speaking to us today? As we get ready for, for communion here. How is God speaking to us? Maybe there's somebody he's laying on our heart that we should be praying for and, and, and asking God to soften their heart and, and asking him to give us the chance, that open door, that we could start to share the love of Jesus Christ and share how they can have that relationship with him and, and be set free. Next week, we're going to really focus on that. So this is part A, part B is next week. We're going to talk about how, how to be ready to, to share our, our, the, our faith and share Christ with people and when they're ready for that. that so don't miss next week, all right? But maybe we're here as Christians and... Communion is all about getting right with God so that we can stay communing with him, stay connected to him. Maybe there's something in our life that we're stuck in spiritual mud. Maybe we've been running from God in some area of our life or some way in our life. And, and we, we are back in the pig pen, but maybe today will be the day we decide to say, God, I'm going to surrender to you. 2013 is going to be different. I want to live a life of surrender this year and this could be the starting point it's a step at a time it's not it's not instant that we all become <laughs> sheep <laughs> but maybe it's a starting point that god's gonna we, we, it starts with that surrender maybe you're here saying you're not a christian yet you've never put your faith in jesus christ you've never surrendered your life to him the first time 
But this could be the time where you say, God, I don't want to live in the pig pen anymore. I don't want to quit barking and oinking. I, I don't want to be stuck in that mud and that sin and the garbage in my life. And, and we, I, we realize for the first time maybe today that, I, that it's only through a relationship with God that we can be free. By giving our life to Jesus Christ, we can be free. That's what communion is all about. The, the, the bread, which represents the body of Christ, and the cup, which represents the blood of Jesus Christ, that represents that Jesus came, the Son of God came to die for us on that cross. Because every one of us was separated from God. We're all stuck in our sin and mud. And nobody can get out. But Jesus came and died on a cross in our place so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be transformed into someone new. But it starts by surrendering our life to Jesus and putting our faith and trust in him, giving our life to him. That's the starting point. And maybe today would be that start for you. What we'll do in just a minute, we're going to open up for communion. And we just have some, some music, uh, someone, I think the worship team will be singing some things today. And when you're ready, you just come up and take the, the bread, which represents the body of Christ, a cup, which represents the blood of Christ, and you can go back to your seat. You can do up front, you can go back to your seat, you can take it alone, you can take it with your family, any way you want to. When, it, when you're ready, it's just between you and God. And if, and if you're not ready, it's okay. If you've never put your faith in Christ and you're not ready, then wait, wait for next time. It's okay. Nobody's looking at anybody. We don't keep attendance on this. Also, maybe there's something in your life you're not willing to surrender. God's convicting us right now, saying you're in the pig pen and and we're not willing to surrender it, then don't take it either because this is not to be taken lightly. But I hope every person here does give to God whatever needs to be given to him, whether it's our life, or whether it's surrendering something in our life that we need to, to surrender to be close. I pray that everyone does that, but it's okay. If you're not ready, just use this time for prayer. Let me pray. As we go, go to this time of communion, let's use this time for each of us to be praying and talking to God. But maybe there is something in our life that we need to surrender. God's convicting us of that so that we can commune with them not just this morning, but every day. Maybe there's somebody that God's laying on our heart to pray for and to show the love of Christ to. And when there's any crack that shows that we're ready to share Jesus Christ with them so that they can live the, the full life that God wants them to live and to be set free just like we've been set free in Jesus Christ. While we're praying about that, maybe someone here has never put their faith in Christ. You're sitting there thinking, you know what? I'm still in that pig pen. I'm still spiritually separated from God. I I can't call God my father. I don't know him that way. I'm not sure what would happen to me if I were to die. How, where I would be, where I would go. You don't have to stay. We don't have to stay in our pig pen. God has made a way out. He has given us a way to him. He's given us a, a cure for our sin.
for all the wrong we've ever done or ever will do. It's his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross in our place as our substitute. He took our punishment. And now we can get out of that pig pen. Every one of us can be set free if we ask, if we invite Jesus into our hearts, into our lives. Just say, God, I, I don't want to live in the pig pen anymore. I don't want to live with my sin and the effect of my sin anymore. I repent of that. I turn away from that old life. And I ask you to forgive me. Through your son, Jesus Christ, forgive me. I put my faith in Jesus. And I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. Forgiveness, the faith, and the following. Forgive, faith, and follow. If you have prayed that this morning, you can now commune with God anytime. You can talk to him anytime through his son Jesus. And he's going to transform you in incredible ways. The sheepification is going to be an amazing process. I want to encourage you to let me know or somebody know, fill out the card, email me, text me, tell me, tell someone so that we can be excited for you and, and encourage you and help you in your new faith. Father, I pray for each one of us. We all struggle so much. We battle. We fall on our faces in the mud. But your mercy and grace is new every day. And I pray that your spirit would Pour out your mercy and grace on us right now as we commune and take this communion and as we commune with you. And I pray for the, those who are really struggling with something hard or something deep that you would bring just the right person into their life that they could share with and, and get the encouragement and the help that they need in this year. I pray you give each person here the courage to share their struggles with somebody so that we could, we could help each other. But most of all, we need to turn to you daily and commune with you daily. In Jesus' name, amen.